Welcome to Take a Walk, a podcast that happens outside, with your host, Vanessa Gritton. Now we're recording. <clears throat> All right, so now I set the mic on fire. Yes. Hi, this is Vanessa Gritton, and you're listening to Take a Walk Podcast, and today we have a very special guest. You may have heard of him before, all the way from the Unpopular Opinion Podcast, we have... Adam Todd Brown. And now we have sound effects. Oh, I wish I could record in the studio more just so I can have a sound guy. You can record here whenever you want. I know, it's a little tricky, just scheduling-wise, but I think I'm just going to start doing that more anyway and have people meet me here. Yeah, you should. Just because the task cam is a pain in the ass to use. Yeah, those those are a pain in the ass. And you always set it to record WAV files instead of MP3s, which is probably why I'm guessing it takes you about two and a half hours to upload an episode. I'm so sorry. No, I no, didn't realize just, I was doing it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what the setting is, but there's a setting you can change so it records an MP3, and I've, then you'll be able to send the files back it's, and forth. At least it's faster. recording full episodes before, because what it was doing before was it only records six second loops over and over again. Oh, that's it, it'd be experimental. Like if John Lennon made a podcast. I know it's like my Imagine or Revolution Number Nine. Adam's lighting potpourri. That was the sound of me smoking marijuana. Live on the air because this is my network. I can, we can smoke weed. There's specific laws here. It's like being out at sea. Ah, uh, 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 weed. I do like weed. <laughs> anyway, go on. This is your podcast. <laughs> I don't need to interject with my personal politics. No, the actually, whole time. I did find some very interesting edibles I've been wanting to share with you recently. There are cake cup coffee cups that are about forty. What's the dosage? Milligrams? Yeah. That pauses as passing a lighter. Uh, and then I got tea bags as well, which are really interesting. And then I got a CBD THC lemonade mix that's just like weed out or all in a bottle. Wow. It is my favorite thing on earth. I want to try those tea bags. I want to try weed coffee. I've never tried that before. The tea bags are fun. They're really, they make consuming an edible more fun because they hide the flavor a little bit better. Yeah. The coffee cup is a blast. Because it is the most delightful high. I bet. Yeah, I, I had that edible, that that legendary edible I oh, text you, you every time I buy it. Because you're high for 72 hours? It's, it's, it's 500 milligrams, but I only eat half. The first time I bought it, I contemplated eating the whole thing because I have like Olympic level tolerance. Like and if, I do not. Yeah, so the I can normally eat an entire edible, but I only ate half of it the first time I got it, and <coughs> it destroyed me. <coughs> it would ruin my life. And then I got another one this past weekend. and it was I would just wake up high 72 hours later crying, and I wouldn't know why. Yeah, I, this time around, the second time around, it didn't seem as impactful. I don't know why, because it's been months since I got the first one. My tolerance is really Or maybe low. I've just been high this whole time, and it was back to You've back. been high this entire time, and it's still months ago, and it's Thanksgiving. Yep. There uh, it is. It's still Thanksgiving. Was it Adam, Thanksgiving wake up, when wake up at, It was Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Because I remember I was making a turkey, and you said, I just ate an edible, and two days later, you were just like, I think I'm still high. Yeah, it was pretty great. Everybody forgets that I just like started to smoke weed, so my tolerance is really bad. I remember when I taught you. You taught me how to smoke my first bowl. During the weigh-ins marathon. Oh, memories. And like, it doesn't take a lot to ruin my shit. And there was one day where I ate like one of those Chiba Chew things, and oh, I got yeah. so high, I started crying while I was watching Archer because I thought somebody turned it into a documentary in the middle of it, and only I knew. Wow. I got that high. I miss getting that high. I miss getting high and being scared of the police. But, oh, man, I never got to experience that because I didn't smoke it as a teenager. Yeah, and now, like, if police in L.A. see you smoking weed, they don't. Ca- they just ask you to they'll move. Ask, they'll ask if you have some. I mean, they're real pleasant about it. But, like, when I was a kid, there was so much myth around it, and all my friends were doing it, and I just kept thinking, like, this is such an unatt- unattainable, weird when my moment comes, it's going to be crazy moment. And then I smoked weed and I was like, oh. 
Yeah, it's not that crazy. There's there's nothing crazy about this. Dare ruin this for me. But today's topic, uh, where we're t- our our location, is a place that held a lot of myth for me and Adam, and that is Amoeba Music in Los Angeles, California, on Sunset. Amoeba, I think the still the biggest independent record store in the country by size, not by number. By of, sheer size. Yeah, and I think it's the San Francisco one that's the biggest. I think but it, the the Hollywood one is pretty fucking massive too. I know when my Lyft driver pulled up, uh, he had never been to Los Angeles. Oh, he that's actually, always the best. I know because it was he was a little anxious because he didn't know where he was going, but he was also very wide eyed and adorable about everything. So on the way there, he was just like, "Wow, these houses are beautiful. Do you like Los Angeles? Los Angeles is pretty." <laughs> and he's pulling up to a meet, and he's like, "There's a store with only records, and it's this big." Nice. He was having his like blonde that got off the bus moment. You should have kidnapped him and made him a sex slave. I should have made him a sex slave and dragged him around Amoeba. You know where you are. You're You're in in the the jungle, jungle. baby. You're about to die. And the jungle it was because I had to go poop at the Jack in the Box (laughs) across the street. Yeah, when we when you showed up, that was the first thing you texted me was, uh, "I'm parking. I hope they have bathrooms." To, I have which, to, poop. to which I reply, you did not add you had to poop. You just casually slipped that in, which I think is just a just just a testament well, to how good of friends we are. A, we're good friends, and B, I had mentioned that I ate clam chowder in the yeah, sun. Yeah, so I should have just assumed. So it should have just been a given because when you just eat clam butter in ninety degree heat, sitting in sand, cross legged, your life is yeah. poop. You basically have walking food poisoning right now. I feel horrible you're functionally (laughs) ill i am filled with salt and clam meats and so much cream and i'm a little bit sunburnt and i have sand in places still But you unloaded some of it at that jack-in-the-box with dried poop on the floor not mine it was someone else's sure it was yeah the guy what the guy let you use the bathroom but when he fucked up buzzing you in i went back to ask if he could buzz the door open again and he thought i was asking to use the bathroom and he was like nope like okay you piece of shit what but then i was like no it's for her and he goes oh for her okay oh my god it's (laughs) that's an opposite of what happened this morning to me at a jack-in-the-box where i actually had to look at someone and say please have humanity where i got locked out of my office and i really had to go to the bathroom and i like didn't want to pee my pants and go into work this morning yeah so i ran to the jack-in-the-box next door and he was like you have to buy something and i left my wallet in the office as well and i just said please have humanity and he looked he looked like I was going to pull a gun on him. Yeah, that's honestly the better outcome than buying food at Jack in the Box. Looking a man in the eyes and pleading with him to find out that we are both people with skin and blood and I need to pee. You should have peed right there on the floor in front of him. Please have humanity. Drop squat. Yeah. Urine. Eye contact the whole time. Intense eye contact. How old were you when you first heard about Amoeba Music? Oh, I would have been probably in my teens. I, I looked into it before we recorded because it's such a landmark in LA. Yeah. And everybody knows it. You see the bumper stickers for it everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's the best place to be on record store day. They have all these fucking giveaways. It's fucking great. They got people dropping in. Yeah. They do concerts there. Henry Rollins, people from try and do Revolution. A, we should try and do a podcast there. Let's do a podcast someday. for me, but yeah. we'll put a we'll put a little pin in that. Yeah, yeah. Put it on the parking lot. For next meeting. Uh, I've worked in a lot of offices. I'm sorry. That's a term for when you have a question that you're not going to address until the next meeting. You put it in the parking lot. I'm going to start using that so I sound like a big girl. You should. Yeah. Yeah. We'll parking lot that until next meeting. Let's pave that parking lot and put in a paradise idea. Exactly. Joni Mitchell. Re- Do you want an air horn for that? Yeah. I've been working old references into things all week. I did a Spin Doctors one the other day that I really reached for. Yeah, you do a lot of Spin Doctors. You did another Spin Doctors reference on this podcast once before. Did I? Yeah. We were talking about uh, people who sell t-shirts for one day so they can steal copyrighted logos. And you said, for one day, I can use the Spin Doctors logo on anything I want. And you still haven't done that, and I'm very disappointed. I'll fix it. I would like you to design a Spin Doctor shirt, if it's not too much trouble. I'll find some time in my busy schedule eating clams and heat. And you know what the Spin Doctors are? 
They're a band, and you know what they do? They release music. And you know Boom, what they sell bringing it? it back to Amoeba Records. Amoeba, this is I should not be high in podcasts. No, yeah, I have my own weed. <laughs> just... I think this is my first time being this stoned on anything Unpops related. All the time on Kevin's podcast. Yeah, this would be my, however many episodes there are, it would be that many times for me being this stoned on no, the podcast. I was a teenager too when I heard about Amoeba. It was like the thing all the cool boys and girls that I had crushes on would talk about. Right. Where they were just like, oh, when I turn 16, I'm going to get my sister's Camry and we're going to drive up to Los Angeles and go to Amoeba and get cool ska records. Yeah, because there was like Amoeba and then there was Tower Records, which was the other one, like the other big one. But that was like the fucking corporate FYE type of place. Yeah, and like all of the kids in Orange County, especially the ones that were like really into ska and pop punk, Amoeba was like their yeah. their big go-to, especially like the Burger Records people. Like oh, they, yeah. They all put Amoeba on their list, and that was every boy and girl I fell in love with. And it... It had myth to me. Like I imagine it as just this perfect music paradise where everyone was cool and everyone was that person in your town that was moody and had the best taste in music and you'd find all of that there. Yeah. And it kind of is like that with it, the people who work there. Yeah. Like every person who works there seems like the coolest motherfucker on earth. Like effortlessly cool, not yeah, marketed this, cool. When I was waiting for you, this girl walked up and... She was sitting outside smoking, and I legitimately could not decide if she was homeless or worked at Amoeba, and she worked there. <laughs> Eventually, when I was in looking for the Portugal the Man record, she was uh, like fucking stocking CDs. Like, everyone there looks like they're in a band, <coughs> because they probably are. They probably are, and it's probably great. And like... I usually feel out of place everywhere in Los Angeles. Like this morning, an old man was just like, oh, funny to see a lady like you working in an office as I'm like opening the gates to my office to, like, because he pointed at my hair. Oh, and sure. I was, I was just like, yeah, it's green. That doesn't like impede my ability to answer phones. Yeah. But when I was an amoeba, I was just like, oh, I'm the most bland person here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like That's I know the least the about music in this room and it's troubling because it's never... Never the case. But yeah, when I was looking into it, I thought because it's such a landmark. It should be old. Yeah, I assumed it was way older than it is. But the first Amoeba Records opened in 1990. Was that the Berkeley or San Francisco? I think that was the San Francisco one, which is still open. I think the Berkeley one sells weed now, (gasps) which is, I mean, perfect. Like They should all sell weed. Now that weed is recreational legal in And the sheer amount of weed tourism Los in California. Angeles. Yeah. Because there are locations like Wake and Bake where you spin vinyls on Friday night and have coffee and you can smoke in-house. And it's one of those things that... California's so great. California's a beautiful state. That's why most of the things I do about are here. But it's like another one of those things that you put in a myth in your head as a teenager where it's just like, I'm going to open up a cool store and people could do cool yeah. things in it and we're going to listen to music. And now they're everywhere. Yeah. 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 They're, and that's the, the thing with record stores is they're not. Like they're going away so quickly. So it's cool to see one actually be able to stay in business, I guess. But it's it's also, I mean, when you get there, it's cool, but it's also just a really massive record store. Like, you don't know where to start or go. Right. It's, it's that kind of, like the, you know, that thing where too many choices makes a person sad or it, it makes you depressed. Like, that's a scientific thing. And when I walk <laughs> that's into... That's why Netflix bums me out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And I walk into Amoeba, and I'm like, man, I do not make enough money for what I want to do in this place right now, which is buy hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of albums and fucking EPMD t-shirts and goddamn a hook on DVD so I can run it over with a car in front of Chet Wilde's house. That's an inside joke. I'm sorry. No, I recognize it, though. It'd be amazing. We we ran into a War Horse album. Yeah, there's just an album called War Horse. A War Horse album. Uh, Adam and I had very different reactions to Too Many Choices, which is very funny to see, like, how two people short-circuit when they're presented with a musical mecca. Because you were just like, oh, my God, there's so much. I don't have enough money, like, for all of the things that I want. I can't even really, like, look at one thing right now. Yeah, I never would have been able to decide. So I just went in and completed my mission. I was walking behind... Behind Adam, just snatching shit off of shelves. Yeah, you went on a, you got a haul. I got a haul. Like I, 
I bought the that new. That was the sound of me. Reaching for the lighter. I bought the new Portugal the Man album on CD because I pre-ordered it on vinyl, but that doesn't ship until July. And I'm a supportive friend, and it's a goddamn great album. So I went out and bought it on compact disc. Also. I bought it on digital because I didn't know I was going to Amoeba at the beginning uh, this week. Oh, it's uh, such a good album. Oh, I know. It's and, like, so fucking good. So I just started plucking things off of the shelves until I just started how to... Like, yeah, what all did you get? So the two things I had to put back was a Daft Punk vinyl, I mean CD that I own on vinyl already. And then I had to put back a King Diamond CD because I don't really have time to like sit and listen to a King Diamond CD. Yeah, that's a haul. That's... Uh, so I ended up getting a Claxons album. The Claxons. Love me some classics. Claxons. Nice. I slur when I'm high. That's also the the name of that sound you hear in every movie trailer. Claxon. Really? I yeah. just thought you meant the sound I made with my <laughs> You are high. I sounded out. <laughs> you sound like a Claxon that a bird flew into when you make that noise. Uh, I have that as an air horn on my phone, actually. That specific movie noise. I got a Le Tigre remix album. Very nice. Because Big fan of Le Tigre. I fucking love Le Tigre. They're so good. They're fucking amazing. But also, especially now that I have like a job where it's like primarily women and I have like a lot of yeah. like autonomy now, every morning all I want to do is listen to Le Tigre and put on a suit. Uh just because that's, that's my life now. I got a Carol King album because I love Carol King. And I got that one on vinyl because I've been wanting a vinyl specifically Tapestry. for a while. I bought that on vinyl last Unpops tour. Really? Yep. Love Carol King. In Omaha, King. Nebraska. And it's so cool to me because when I was growing up, I loved Carol King and I was obsessed with Gilmore Girls and she's a main character on the show. Oh, is she? I've never watched oh, it. Oh, she's, ins- she's a record store owner and just an absolute curmudgeon and I love her. And mm. she does a lot of their music too. And then I got an MF Doom t-shirt the owner let me know that his girlfriend had one just like it and she loves it and i hope it fits because i didn't even try holding it up to myself i just snatched it yeah i almost bought a too short t-shirt i saw you eyeing that one i should have bought it he had the gold glasses like the the glasses he was wearing were like gold ink Ah, you're gonna be thinking about that too short shirt for a while there's a nirvana shirt i really wanted to but they didn't have my size it was one i've never seen it had like a snake on the logo I've never seen that. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, it was cool, but they didn't have my size. It lived up to what I thought it was going to be when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. I think I also thought I'd be the same, I'll dwell forever and hear on music person that I was when I was a teenager. And yeah. I just kind of got burnt out. Like, it was fun, but I, as soon as I got my shit, I was just like, I'm ready. Yeah, I've... Like I said, it's just when I go in there, it's kind of a reminder of just all the things I can't afford. Yeah. Like, I I don't know if anyone's ever been like, hey, let's go to the mall when you have no money. Yeah. And it's like, no, why would I do that? Why why would I? That's something you do when you have disposable income with your first job as a teen. And and it's like, oh, we'll just get out of the house and go walk around the mall. It's like, no, that's like, I wouldn't go hang out at a restaurant if I had no money for food. Like, why would I go shopping when I have no money? And that's, like, when I walk in Amoeba, I'm always on a mission because I'm usually there for a specific thing. Mm. And if I start fucking wandering, I'm going to spend too much money. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's, like, part of it is a used record store. So that, like, there's, that's fine. There's, There's some value there. But that's when it gets to being so big. Like, there are a lot, still a lot of used record stores out there. Yeah that are kind of a nice compact size and you can go in and kind of go through everything you can in like an flip hour through every single one like my record store the newer one that's in Fullerton in the area I grew up in is called Burger Records after that one yeah the my like my first one the one I went to like when I saved up my money and like walked in there and was going to get like my first cool music shit on yeah. my own was called Black Hole Records and it's in downtown Fullerton and Black Hole Records is the perfect place for like your first teenage I'm doing my cool shit outing because the front of it is Black Hole Records which is a dude that looks just like Andy Warhol running it he's got nice. uh, like bleach white blonde Andy Warhol hair and he wears a black turtleneck everywhere and circle glasses and he always wants to talk to me about x-ray specs uh, <laughs> And the back side of the store is a costume store. 
and not like Halloween costumes, but like theater costumes. So it's, it's, it was just a very cool mecca for a kid to just kind of walk through and look at these insane ornate costumes and then pick up an album and like learn about Nick Cave because yeah. a cute boy with a son- Sonic the Hedgehog tattoo told you to listen to it. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> for me, the main record store for me as a kid was a place called Co-op Tapes and Records, mm-hmm. which is in Peoria. I don't know if it's still there. I hope it is, but probably not because it was just one of those like independent places. They had two locations, which even back then I was like, really? Where it was too cool to last. Feel like you're getting a little too big for your britches there, co-op. But uh, I don't know if they're still open, but that's where I would buy all my music. It was like my local record store that I respected the shit out of. Mm. And then I would shoplift music from the mall. <laughs> yeah, I always stole from like FYEs or warehouse musics and shit like that. But Black Hole was sacred. I would never yeah, steal yeah. from Black Hole. I would never steal from co-op. But I would go to Sam Goody in the Northwoods Mall in mm. Peoria, Illinois. And the way their racks were arranged, if you wanted to look at something on the bottom rack, you had to kneel down. And then the rest of the rack was just shielding you from the cashier. (laughs) And this was in the rap section where that's where my money was in high school. Like I was stealing fucking Tupac CDs. Rest in peace. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Tupac. Happy birthday. We miss you. I don't know why the bird. That's fine. He, uh, <laughs> I would just like kneel down. I would wear this like weird trench coat kind of maneuver. You were a trench coat guy. No, it <laughs> wasn't though. It was, it was like a quarter length thing. It was fashionable. It wasn't like a Columbine trench coat. <laughs> I looked great. But it was also functional in that I could kneel down was a time bomb. and grab three CDs and put three CDs on each side under mm. each arm. And then it was right down the hall from the exit. So I would just walk out to my car and throw those in the trunk. And then sometimes I would come back in two or three times. Just get a second haul. And I would come out of there with like 12 to 20 CDs and take them to school the next day. And whatever I couldn't sell, I would just open and go sell it as a used thing at co-op because it was a brand new CD. So I would And get they like, wouldn't know the difference. They had no fucking clue. My, I, the first CD I remember stealing from an FYE or a Borders, but I don't remember which one it was, but I know exactly which CD it was. And it was Soundgarden because my brothers were really into it. Rest Dukata. in peace, Chris Cornell. Because my brothers are really into it, and I just wanted them to like me. Like, everything I ever did to be cool as a kid was because I wanted my brothers to like me. And they didn't think I was cool, but I got a new band that I liked. Yeah, Soundgarden was great. And it's I think the bands that are the most special to you growing up are the ones that you come across, not really from anybody telling you to listen to them, but just kind of on accident. Your story with Drive By Truckers. Drive By Truckers, The Coat Hangers. I love The Coat Hangers. How did you find out about The Coat Hangers? Because I have a weird story, too. uh, Someone posted the video for Watch Your Back on Facebook. And it was just like, I don't even remember who it was. That's how how much of a Facebook friend it was. It's just like one of those random people Mm. that I friended from like the cracked days or when I did a bunch of social media stuff. Who fucking knows? Yeah. But they posted this video and I had never heard of the coat hangers. And for some reason I was like, I'm going to check that out. I love the coat hangers. That looks interesting. And I love that song so fucking much that I was like, who is this band? And then I just went back and bought their entire back catalog. I've seen them in concert three times since then, I believe. Yeah, three times. Shit, I've always wanted to go. We'll go next time they're here. We'll go they're, next they're here all the time. Yeah, if I'd known, I would have, because uh, their tickets are always super cheap. Oh, yeah. Just let me know next time. We'll go. Because I had one of those, every once in a while, you'll get a magical Lyft driver. Oh, that yeah. That person that, like, you wish you could hang out with them outside of this one drive. And he had to take me for a drive. Like, it was a 45-minute drive. Yeah. And I never get in the front seat for some reason I did this time. I think it's because he had a divine tattoo on his forearm and I just wanted to like nice. look at it more. And he's, st- he started talking about like how he's like a straight dude that likes to dress up like divine sometimes, but not like really drag. And he does like a lot of like trashy drag where his girlfriend was, I won't use her name, but she did like a sideshow act where people would staple dollar bills 
to Tina. her. Yeah, Tina, Jamie. Tina, the dollar bill lady. Nice. <laughs> and he was listening to Coat Hangers and Diet Sig and Hunks and His Punks. And every song was perfect. And every song was like exactly what I'd been looking for that month. And so I just started shazamming and screenshotting every single oh, one. Yeah. And I just downloaded them all when I got home. And then they all just became most of my favorite bands. Nice. Yeah, uh, the coat ha- that Coat Hangers EP came out today also. It's called Parasite. The digital version's been out for a while, but the physical version just came out. What was the first album you stole? The first album I stole, like, for personal use? Yeah. What do you mean for... There's a... What's the other one? I would sell them in high school. Okay, the first one you wanted for you. That I stole... I think the... I mean, I'm sure I kept some of those albums that I stole back then, but the first real involved conspiracy to steal something was when i worked at mcdonald's in a walmart and this oh i forget about those existing this guy would i was the manager so i had a lot of leeway in dishing out free shit and this guy who worked in electronics would just trade me cds for extra value meals so i I would give him two meals he would give me one cd and the first cd i got that way was jay-z's reasonable doubt but it was a Walmart, so it was no. censored. And it was censored in that way where when the swear word comes, they play it backwards. But all of the it. music would play backwards, too. And it was the worst fucking thing. Can I... Do we have the ability to pull up a song right now? A song right now? Yes. What song? Okay, the censored version of fucking Problems. Who is, who is that by? Aesop Rocky. It, okay, it's Aesop Rocky and Drake and Kendrick Lamar, but the censored version is the funniest thing in the world because not only they don't play it backwards, they run out of different ways to censor a song like three artists in. So first they try and do that thing where they have somebody sing a different lyric over. So at one point, in staying, instead of like rhyming the N-word, they replace the N-word with the word hill figure. Sure, sure. Like, and then at one point, instead of like bitches, they say chickens. And then on the next one, they just record scratch over it. And then you could just kind of hear them like run out of ways to censor everyone. And like the first two rappers is all you need to hear. But it's oh, that the was f- louder than I thought. It's the funniest thing in the world. To yeah, me. this is already super annoying. Uh, he can't say bad bitches. Why do you make a single out of this? I mean, it's a good song. But. It's a good song, but they can't say bad bitches or fucking problems. Yeah. Which is 90% of the song. It just goes blank. Yeah, it's pretty great. Oh, it's coming up on the point right here where it's like six N-words. Because <laughs> Yeah. Here it is. They say money make money make act vigorish. Oh, nice. I like it. There's an entire section he couldn't say, so it just becomes hella humping bars. <laughs> but you ever, um, it's up to here that it's just, it's, yeah. it's already demonstrated how it's the worst most poorly censored song. Have you ever seen the video of uh, Two Chains getting robbed in San Francisco? <gasps> yes. It's one of my favorite and things the in the world. Skips after him when he it's, runs. The skip makes it more sinister. Yeah, that like because there's no police in San Francisco. So like that that's how casual robbery. Yeah, there's are. no police there. There's San Francisco's the purge all the time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, anyway, Amoeba. One of the big L.A. like myth things that in my head it was just the place where musicians go to go let loose was hearing the story when I was a kid about Courtney Love going to Jumbo's and then putting her nipple in a guy's mouth at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen the photo? No. It's the best because she looks so casual and she's looking right at the camera and smiling the way you do when you say say cheese but there's just a guy also looking at the camera 
and smiling, but with most of her boob in his mouth. I'm not going to Google that. You should. I it's don't want to see Courtney Love's nipple. I just don't. No, you don't see it. It's in a guy's mouth. Even worse. <laughs> I'd rather have my shirt pulled over my head and be beat with a lead pipe than be in that situation. Then see your nipple in a man's mouth. He looks like K-Fed. Uh, yeah, that, that adds up. That's the kind of man who would put Courtney Love's nipple in his mouth at McDonald's. Or Kurt Cobain. He probably... I mean, I don't think he would have done it at McDonald's. Yeah, he would. They would have done it in Arby's, which we went to afterwards. Yeah, we yeah, Amoeba Music to Arby's because they have the meats. The next LA landmark. Oh, I love that Arby's, and I love that Pat Oswalt took a selfie outside. Yeah, of it. that was oh. the one where he took the mm-hmm. the picture with the Emmy, right? Mm. Yeah, so perfect. Yeah, that was great. What was the first like excited about album you ever purchased? Like the one you waited for, the one you looked up the release date, the one you went to go pick up the day of. LL Cool J's third album, which was called Walking with a Panther. Like LL Cool J now, I mean, he's more an actor. Accidental racist? Anything. <laughs> Fucking accidental racist. You, f- on this you forgive the gold chains. I'll forgive, I'll forgive the iron chains. Oh. What a terrible deal. What a terrible deal, LL Cool J. He does not know how to broker something. Yeah, you cannot make that deal on behalf of your race. They will be angry. I bet they like shared a tear, tearful moment and hugged afterwards about how they fixed race. I hope they weren't even in the same room. <laughs> I hope their managers just arranged it and they did it all via fucking email. My first album that I got excited about buying is not cool. Oh, let's hear this. I mean, it's not like that embarrassing, but it's not cool either. It was Green Day's American Idiot because oh, I, I was I was too into Green Day. I was yeah. You can be too into Green Day. I was listened to everything even before their original drummer into Green Day, and I was so excited about American Idiot. Here's the embarrassing part: I showed up dressed like one of them uh, <laughs> to buy it. I did that with LL. You too. have. A- <laughs> I had a Coogee sweater and a fucking Kangol. No, that's all. Those are all lies. I wish you had a Coogee sweater. I do. I do. Yeah, me too. Because I was like eleven at the time. Although I know the first one that was purchased for me that I really liked was uh, Rob Zombie, because my brothers were really into Rob Zombie, and they took me to a Rob Zombie concert. But <laughs> when they finally ended up taking me, what are you looking concerned about? Oh, that I just got like a notification on the oh. computer or something. He took me to a Rob Zombie concert because I he knew I would like it, but he made me stay because Rob Zombie was opening for Godsmack. Ugh, gross. And uh, but also I saw that tour. Like yeah, it was like Shine Down too, and it was just it was yeah. it was a sandwich of misery with like a happy moment in the middle, and then Godsmack starts, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna go home. My brother's like, no, you gotta stay, and he made me stay through it. And I'm like, all right, can we please go home? Everyone around us is terrible. And as we start, it was the first time I remember smelling weed. It was the first time I wow. remember smelling it and asking what it was. No, probably when I was a kid, too, because our playground was next to a frat house, and I just didn't know that it was weed. Yeah. Because our playground was literally yards from a frat house. Awesome. Godsmack does a double encore and a drum solo. Ugh. And we just get trapped in the parking lot till 3 a.m. Gross. I haven't forgiven him. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, the thing with the LL Cool J album, like I was I was way into rap music as a kid. Like that was all I listened to. Like my first album I ever bought with money was Run DMC's Tougher Than Leather. And I I listened to mostly rap music as a kid. And the thing with the LL Cool J album is it was pre-internet and People forget how huge LL was yeah. when he first came out. Like we he, think of him as like a like a rom com goober. Yeah, he was like it in rap music. Yeah. Like he was the rapper. And his third album, which can, is the one that came out after uh, Bigger and Deffer, which is the one that had I Need Love on it and Bad and all those really great singles. His third album was called Walking with a Panther, and it was so highly anticipated and there were all these rumors about when it was coming out mm. and you just never knew like you never there wasn't you couldn't look it up on the internet and know if the rumors you heard were true like it would be in a magazine that it was coming out 2 weeks from now 
And then that magazine the next month would be like, ha, ah, just joking. It comes out in fucking June. Yeah. And one day it was like just in Word Up magazine that this album was definitely coming out the following week. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to go buy it before anyone else. And I did. And I remember bringing it home and my friend James came over who always brought blank tapes because I always had the music. So he would bring me blank tapes and money and have me make tapes. Nice. And uh, he asked if I had anything new and I showed him that LL Cool J tape and he was like, where did you get that? Like I would have got it anywhere but a record store. Like Some I don't have guy fucking gave it to me record, under a bridge. Yeah, I don't have record company connections, motherfucker. I just bought it. But that's the first album that I remember like really anticipating. And it's kind of a disappointment, not that great of an album. I remember I was like the CD burning gal in my high school. Like I'd make copies for other people and they'd give me money. And especially because like a lot of the times their parents wouldn't let them listen to certain things. So I'd be able to. And I remember a girl wanted a Tegan and Sarah album. So I because that's how young I am. Um, love Tegan and Sarah. I love Tegan and Sarah. It's just how young I am where my high school band was Tegan and Sarah. Right. And I burned her an album and I had a crush on this girl and I didn't know where she swung or I just kind of like, so I started like burning her albums and I'd burn her like a mixtape as well with them for free. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Oh, I love these make me more. And I was just like, well, you're giving me attention yeah, (laughs) and you don't know that this is like (laughs) coming from a romantic place. So absolutely. So I'd burn her more and I'd start getting like a little bit more daring with my choices yeah, and start introducing stuff that I'm not sure if she maybe likes. And there's one where I put like Pretty Hate Machine on it. And Pretty Hate Machine was my favorite album when I was 16. Like, yeah. To, and w- when you're 16, you put so much stake on an album where if somebody you like tells you they don't like it, you don't like them anymore. That's mm. not the case as an adult. But when you're a teenager, you put all of your identity into what you like. Yeah. And she told me. Also, it's kind of the case as an adult. But go on. More Like adults are less open about it. But when you're a teenager, yeah. you're real annoying about how what you like is who you are. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I really like that those last few songs that you put on there. All of my feelings went away. Aww. I just immediately just wasn't into her anymore. Just Aww. It was night and day. She didn't like Pretty Hate Machine, and I wasn't into her anymore. That I mean, I guess that'll do it. It was all it took, which was dumb, because she was really cute. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I. Uh... I did I did find one Tom Waits who is one of my favorite people and musicians in the entire <laughs> world. Uh that's how I got into him was trying to impress a girl. Really? Yeah, she told me she was way into Tom Waits and that I should check him out and I went to Best Buy and bought a Tom Waits CD the next day. Beautiful Maladies. Great CD. It's a greatest hits of oh, the yeah. second half of his career when he got really weird and Captain Beefheart like and uh don't know where she is, but the uh, still love Tom Waits. A lot of my good taste in music came from trying to impress someone. Like all of the EDM that I love came because I was trying to get this boy Ben to like me, and he Ben sucked. sounds awful. He was a professional paintball player. See, who tried weed and then a week later was like super tight about doing meth. <laughs> he, there was not a lot of gap in between, but. We started listening to Benny Benassi together, and all of my good taste in EDM is attributed to Ben, who wore too big of a jacket and liked meth and paintball. I'm good. Don't give me more weed. I'm getting weird. (laughs) What? Are you sure? No more weed. I'm weird. All right. Fine. But with every breakup I have, I'm just kind of like, well, my taste in music is a little bit better, and I can't listen to like one song anymore. Yeah. I don't have anything like that. Like... Fuck these motherfuckers. I'm not going to let people keep me from listening to songs. I don't like I like I th- I guess maybe at one point there were there were like a couple songs that like had bad memories attached to them. I actually had an idea back when iPods were a, like a thing when they first mm-hmm. started. I was going to do this like project or like experiment, whatever you want to call it, where I was going to listen to every song in my iPod on like uh, shuffle, but shuffle mm-hmm. through albums because if I was just skipping song <laughs> to song, I'd blow my head off. Yeah, but shuffled by albums, and I was gonna like write an article or a blog post or whatever about it each day. This was mm-hmm. like 2007 or eight or something. It was like way back <laughs> in the day. You have the hiccups. This is amazing. 
And uh, I had at the time 23,000 songs on my iPod. So it would have taken me, this is so great. <laughs> it would have taken me a long time, but who cares? Let's, let's address these hiccups. You didn't even eat at Arby's. I did it. You what? What was that word? This is my nightmare. <laughs> Keep telling me about whatever you were talking uh, about. This is your podcast, young lady. You are to be hosting it right now. I'm trying. How did you get the hiccups? You've just been sitting there. I don't know. <laughs> Why? I get them out of nowhere all the time. I hate it. I don't know why I'm like really predispositioned to hiccup all the time. Oh, I thought they went away. You got through that whole monologue and then that last word they came wait, back. Wait, wait. I need you to talk because I'm going to do a thing that always works, but it requires me being quiet for like 20 seconds. Okay. Well, I'm just going to describe what you're doing to the people. Vanessa is pinching her nose and writing racial slurs <laughs> on a notebook. No, what? So my theory, because people always have a weird thing about like what fixes hiccups, and hiccups is the sound of your epiglottis moving back and forth between your trachea and your other one. I forgot what it's called. I was hoping your epiglottis would be like, like this. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. You did it. Yes, it always works. But your epiglottis is like a squeaky door, like a trap door that moves in between two things. And the only way you can really like get your epiglottis to move in one direction or stop it from going nuts is by trying not to breathe, but doing something that activates it, like tickling yourself or like doing the motion of laughing. So what I'll do is I'll hold my nose and mouth and like try and make like laughing airway motions. And it tends to work. Or this is just the ramblings of a stoned woman on her theories on hiccups. It's like you're telling your epiglottis a joke, man. Like you're telling your epiglottis a joke, but your epiglottis is too woke to laugh. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was what were we talking about before the hiccup? Uh, music, but I feel like we haven't touched on Arby's memories at all. Oh, Arby's is... Because we went to Arby's also, and I mean... Arby's all... was another legendary thing to me, because there was one in Orange County, like... 45 minutes from the house and my mom would never go directly to Arby's. It was just whenever we were in that particular part of town. Mm. So anytime I traveled somewhere that there were so many, it was just like my beautiful Mecca where I had Arby's. See, it's like that for me now. When I was a kid, Arby's was everywhere. But for now, it's like seeing goddamn Bigfoot. Like there's like five or something in LA. I mean, I'm sure there's more than that, but there's not a lot. They're not common. There what weren't was... any in Santa Monica when I lived in Santa Monica. No, which blows. Fuck there Santa was, Monica, and then Arby's. as soon as I moved there, it became a Wendy's. Yep. Which is cool, but not as cool as Because I remember Arby's. I tried to go there once thinking it was an Arby's still. Yep. Uh, no dice. What was the out-of-town fast food place that was like your 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 special one? Because for me, it was Waffle House. I always just, t- I'm still that way to this day. Well, it depends. If we're talking my adult life, it was Hooters for a long time. Because I lived in Peoria, Illinois, where they never had a Hooters, and I'm a big chicken wings fan. I don't give a shit about the waitresses. I just like the chicken wings. They have very good chicken wings at They Hooters. have amazing chicken wings. I feel wings. like I have to make this disclaimer every time. I ran into Jeff time. there twice. And the buffalo shrimp. The buffalo shrimp is pretty tight as the well. The shrimp and bacon salad is pretty tight. Whatever, motherfucker. I don't know any. I'm not no, getting a salad at Hooters. Okay, but it doesn't really taste like a salad. It's just like no, warm lettuce covered in cheese and shrimp. No, I don't want that. That sounds horrifying. It sounds great. No, it doesn't. It's really good. <laughs> Why were we talking? Oh, yeah, Hooters was the place for me. Anytime, like especially when I lived in South Dakota, because there was no Hooters in South Dakota, and... Anytime I would go to a concert, which that was the only fun thing to do in South Dakota, was to go to a concert in another state because South Dakota also didn't have concerts. But I would go to Minneapolis all the time or Omaha or Sioux City. No, Sioux City didn't have one either. But every time I would go to Omaha or Minneapolis, I would hit fucking Hooters to get chicken wings. That's me with rally fries anytime there's a checkers or oh, rallies. Yeah. 
which I didn't know that Checkers was rallies out here, and it was fucking elated. Oh, yeah. Checkers and rallies, same thing. Village Inn became that for me, too. Just Village I don't Inn even know what that is. It's such an IHOP for everyone else, but it's something you can find in the South in Texas, and it's basically like a slightly maybe same level Denny's, essentially. But Wow. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the stupid cheese blintzes and the really good hash browns and just... I think I liked it because I lived in a part of Texas that was so boring at the time. That's all there was. Oh, it yeah. was It was Village Inn or Walmart. And I liked Village Inn because I would just sit and see what kind of people at, were at Village Inn at 3 a.m. in Texas. Yeah. We we were talking about Denny, or we were talking about Blaine Capatch earlier tonight. Oh, yeah. Walked- I had a dream that he was at a, all, a buffet that was all soup. <laughs> yeah, he's... Blaine is great. We walked past where his show, uh, which What's is up, called Tiger What's Lily? Up Tiger Lily, used to be hosted. Now it's at one of the clubs here, I think. Yeah. But um, he, when I did that show once, he is the only person, I think, who has ever said these words, but he pointed across the parking lot and goes, that's a really good Denny's. Because there's a Denny's across from there. And I was like, what do you mean it's a good Denny's? There are good Denny's. Denny's. Yeah, I believe that because there are good Hooters and bad Hooters. I had the the worst chicken wings at the Hooters in Chicago. You know, it's an amazing Hooters that I just went to for the third time. Tell me. The original. Oh, in Clearwater? Yes. Is that where it's at or in Tampa? It's in Clearwater. I've never been. I should have gone. I was there. I was, oh, I was right within... Oh, striking so, range. And the oysters are so fresh because they serve them all the time. I don't like time. oysters. I fucking love oysters. I think I ate like 40 oysters in the entire week that I was in Florida. Gross. I love it. Even though oysters just look like pants come on a lap dance. Yes. They're delicious. I thought I saw a UFO, but it was just someone turning on a light on one of the high rises across from us. Go on. <laughs> I mean, I had to make sure. Like a light just appears in in my in my periphery <laughs> up in the sky. What would you have sure done if it was a UFO? What would you have said to me? It's go time. Then we start filming. We got we we got tripods. We got cameras. We fucking would we just describe this War of the Worlds style? Yeah, yeah. How great would that podcast have been? Stepping outside is a tall, green, one-eyed monster. <laughs> Or that weird penis graffiti that we saw in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, I was going to take a picture of that, but there were too many slurs and dicks in it. For and me. the word yeah. rape so many yeah, times. Yeah, it was all the bad things just written in one convenient Somebody place. Somebody put all the no-no words there. Yeah, it was great. It's another reason I kind of love L.A. It added to that like scum myth that everybody kept telling me about that they would use as a warning, but was just appealing to me. Yeah, speaking of, of shady types in L.A., why don't you tell people what we saw a guy doing at Arby's <laughs> or what you saw that you, you didn't want to tell me because you knew. Because he was sitting right behind you. Yeah, I would have turned around and had a look for sure. I know part one of what he was doing and you know part two from when you sat down. So part one, Adam was ordering at the Arby's counter and I went to go sit in the back and read a little brochure that I found. And there was a family staring at this man with zero subtlety. Like, they were staring at him in a way that you stare at a person when you know they don't have, like, the autonomy autonomy or wherewithal to be like, these people are staring at me. Right. And so I look at their eye line, and there's a man sitting in a booth biting the ends of his toenails off with his mouth. Arby's, we have, have the, the meat. Feet. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it was right God there. God damn it. And so he's, he has his toe in his mouth. <laughs> And he's just fucking going to town like me on a rib on his fucking toenails. And he's got like, I walk in L.A. feet. Oh, yeah, yeah. They and were rough. his family is having a conversation about what they should do next. The, this family, you said. This, not his, because it this, wasn't his this family. family. Yeah. And they just start volleying around, should we go? Just, should we go? Should we go? Should we go? Should we go? Until finally the husband and wife are just like, we have to go. And they get up and they start leaving, but they're still like looking at him the whole way out. And when they finally get outside, their daughter runs back in, still sipping on her milkshake, takes a photo of him, and then runs back out. And it was just one of those like, oh, I love you, Los Angeles moments. Yeah, yeah. That is L.A. to the core. And then you sat down. Yeah, and when I sat down, and apparently this family was already gone, he starts 
telling someone that Amazon just bought Whole Foods. Uh, he had statistics. He had all the information. He was saying they were it, all accurate. He was saying it like a conversation. And uh, I glanced over my shoulder, talking to nobody. If anything, I like that he's like a newsie for the homeless community of Los Angeles. Yeah. Extra, extra, read all about it. Amazon buys Whole Foods. I walked past a homeless dude the other day in downtown LA, and he screamed, I should have gone to the Islamic State with my brother. He's married with kids now. It's like, that's not going to make whatever's going on better. Like a- adding a wife and kids to it, yeah. Because I assume it's at least somewhat money kids. related. So unless I don't know, I when I was briefly homeless in Los Angeles, which is by the way, if you just don't ever want to sleep because you don't want to wake up to the life that you have anymore, is a great city to not sleep in. I always had that fear of like how soon before I'm that person that people give side eye to. Because I'm just rambling away. Like, when does that start to happen? Yeah. Doesn't take that long. This was like, I think, two weeks into sleeping in my car. And I was driving on the highway, and I really had to pee, and three places would not let me pee. And so I finally just pulled off near an off-ramp and, like, scooted onto the side of the road, pulled down my pants, and I was just like, I'm just going to pee here really fast and then clean up and go. But as it's happening... I'm really tired and I'm really mad. So I'm muttering to myself about how mad I am at the last three places I stopped at not letting me use their bathrooms. Oh, yeah. So you're that crazy person. And two people walk by. They don't know context. They don't know that I'm on four hours of sleep and that I've been turned away by a bunch of places and that I'm mad and this is my last resort and I'm like living in my car and I'm really upset. They just see a woman muttering and pissing. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, there's it doesn't take long. And that's why I'm never like, oh, this weird homeless person. I'm just like, no, it. we're a parking ticket away from each other. We can share <laughs> the same space. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's still... Oh, fuck. I just remembered I have a parking ticket I need to pay. It's been like a week. I got a parking ticket on a U-Haul van once, and I still don't know if I'm supposed to pay that or not. I feel like they would have gotten in touch if they wanted me to cover that. I got the insurance, man. I could have set that thing on fire if I wanted to. I know. That would have been so har- funny if you did. You're going to harass me over a fucking parking ticket? Yesterday, I got sympathetic free tire because I thought someone slashed my tires. Turns out I'm just a fucking idiot. It wasn't slashed. It just exploded in a pattern that kind of looked rippy. Oh, I see. Because I'd been driving over a part to my work that was an alley and not a street and not where you should walk, drive a car over. Oh, Good job. Yep. And I was just like, someone slashed it. Yeah, and I remember that because you were going to do fight cast. Yeah. And then, and then my brother was just kind of like, well, I feel bad. So I'm going to like just, I'll give you a tire. And then when he was changing and he's like, did someone slash it or did this just explode on all sides? And that's what it was. Yeah. You have a lot of tire issues. Well, I've- that one was me personally. The one before was my dad's truck. All four tires exploded on me within a month, and he would not accept that they were defective. That seems like a defect. They exploded on my way to meet you. I remember. Because I showed you the exploded tire in the backseat, because we had to leave it at your house, and then it just got stolen. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) The next one exploded on my way to a booty call, and then the third one exploded on my way back, and then the fourth one exploded when my dad was driving it. I was like, how... Will you not accept these are defective? And that's such a catastrophe in Los Angeles, having a tire blow out. I know. And by this Uh. point, I've become so neutral to it. I've had a total of six tires explode on me in my life. Oh, I I would ask how we got from Arby's to exploded tires, but it seems perfectly natural. Like, it seems like a logical progression. It's natural. You're talking about a guy chewing his toenails in Arby's. Flat tires... Sure. So amoeba. What's next? Arby's malaria. Let's talk about malaria. What are your thoughts on malaria? It's great. It's a great baby name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arby's. It was. It was malaria, Arby's. Todd Brown. I loved it. I, Todd Brown's not your last name. It's just Brown. It is not my last name. No. <laughs> oh, you're high. I, yeah. <laughs> I just 
I fully know Todd's your middle name. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Arby's. They Eat have fresh. The meat. Nope, they have meat. <laughs> yeah, they have the meats and the sweets. Eat fresh is Subway. Eat fresh is Subway. Which I've never liked. Arby's is a better sandwich place. I yeah, I Arby's is my favorite fast food place. So. Have you ever had their chicken salad? At Arby's? It's magical. What the fuck would I do that for? Because just why like do you pate? keep running all these salads at fast food places? By chicken me? salad is not a salad. Chicken salad is ninety nine point nine percent meat and like oh, you per- mean chicken salad like chicken salad sandwiches? Yeah. No, because those always have little bits of celery in it. And I don't fuck with that. You don't like little bits of fucking celery? I like big celery. Big <laughs> celery is in my pocket. I'm controlled by big celery. Little celery can. Fucking blow me. I'm losing my mind because you pronounce it celery. It is celery. 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 You said celery. Listen, man, you're splitting hairs right now. I'm not splitting hairs. I'm splitting celery. <laughs> it's 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 pronounced how it's pronounced. Celery. It's three syllables. You're three syllables. You turn Do the celery. math. Do the math. Is that a lie? Celery. And you turn it into celery. Celery. Yeah. No, it sounds like you're doing a racist version Sarah. of an Asian man saying celery. Sarah. That's what I thought you were doing when you said I have celery in my pocket. And I was just like, what movie is that from? It's not from a movie. It's from the movie that is your life right now. Why don't you get the hiccups again and shut the fuck up? Celery. I pronounce it how I want to pronounce it. So Arby's has little bits of celery. In their chicken salad, which, no, I've never, I don't eat chicken salad. All right. I will eat tuna salad, and I will eat chicken. What the fuck? Because they always- That's insane to me. It's not- Chicken salad and tuna salad are basically the same thing. But there's always celery in chicken salad, and I don't fuck with that. There's always celery in tuna salad. No, there's not. Not in good tuna salad. Where are you getting your tuna salad? Because the shit at Subway is served out of an ice cream scoop, and it just looks like styrofoam mixed with dog food. But it has no celery in it, so it's good. Mostly because I don't have to pronounce that word and get all this fucking judgment from you. I really want to know if the fans hear what I'm here, where you're turning celery into a two-syllable word. I think you're just high. No, I know I'm high, but I also know how celery goes. Maybe you need some rest, Vanessa. How about I call the police and have them take you in like in the 50s? Oh, become a hysterical woman. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Help, I've never had an orgasm and I've had the devil's cigarette. Oh, I was I'm smoking that jazz tobacco. I posted a video of it to Instagram, but I I was watching an episode of The Twilight Zone and that happens. Like the, the woman's in the bathroom, like upset over this argument, and the guy knocks on the door and he's like, Are you okay? How about we go for a walk? And she's like, Okay. And as soon as they get outside, a fucking cop car pulls up and they haul her off. It's like, oh, the greatest generation in action. <sighs> what a blat. What's the uh, most old man album you've ever purchased? Because for me, it was Ray Conniff. <laughs> uh, you know, know, just like Glenn Campbell. Yeah, I mean, there's. So, I'm trying to figure out which one makes for the best answer. First like, one I'm, that pops into your I'm head. I'm way, way into Fleetwood Mac. God, we both are. Yeah, I'm super into Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I'm crying anytime Stevie Nicks is on on a camera. See, I like Lindsay Fleetwood Buckingham Mac. more. Really? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Lindsay's amazing. Yeah, he's great. But my thing with Stevie Nicks is I've always just dressed like like a Bayou witch because of her. She's just she's that. I don't want to meet her because I don't want to lose the magic of her from afar. Yeah, I bet she's kind of boring now. That's why. I don't want to know her now. Or like too mystical. She started talking about crystals and shit. I'm out. Oh, that happened to me the other day. Somebody at a at a store that they sold music and panograms gave me a crystal because I looked like I needed wisdom. As a teenager, That's I Los Angeles. That. Yeah. That's Los Angeles now. But as a teenager, I would have ran home and felt like Nancy from the craft because I just got special blessed by a lady witch. Yeah, exactly. There's pentagrams and the offspring playing. <laughs> I'm still trying to think of my, I don't know. I feel like any album I buy now is a dad album. Like when I, like, I don't know. Like if, if I buy a Run the Jewels album, it feels like the whitest thing I could do. And I, I don't, I don't know why. Like, uh... 
maybe because I've been to rap concerts in L.A. And I don't know if you have, but it's like... I think it's because Run the Jewels are a lot of white people there. I love Run the Jewels. They're probably my favorite rap group performing at the moment. Yeah, they're great. But because I've been to like a Schoolboy Q show and that's completely different. Yeah. You go to a Schoolboy Q show and it's fun. Yeah, I can imagine. I I tried to go see the Jizza from (sighs) Wu-Tang, but he was on fucking Rockstar time and... Dad, oh, he was on that Lauren Hill time? Dad had to sleep, man. I wasn't going to hang out till 1 o'clock in the morning to hear the Liquid Swords album karaoke over a fucking DJ. Like, it would have been cool at 9.30 or something. Mm. But I, I was struck by, when I was in that concert, for the time I was there, it's like, man, if it feels like L.A. is light about seven or 835 to 45-year-old white dudes... It's because they're all at this Wu-Tang concert right oh, now. Yeah. It was thick with uh, probably soon-to-be-retired cops. That's what the audience looked like. Looked like a bunch of off-duty cops. So many rap... That's, I think, why I love hyphy and trap music so much. Yeah. Because it's like my last bastion for not a lot of, like, very, I'm going to call security white dudes. Mm-hmm. And if I go to like a trap show, I can smoke weed on the fucking dance floor. No one gives a fucking shit. Yeah, that's true. And it's beautiful. There were people smoking weed at the Elvis Costello concert I went to last week. Or a couple weeks ago. I don't think it was last week now. Such a good time. Did you ever hear about the myth of why you don't listen to concert al- why you don't listen to the album before you go see the band? Uh no. That it's bad luck if you listen to the band's album on the way to go see that band. Why, why is that bad luck? I don't know. It was just a thing started in Orange County by that record store that I used to go to where some boy said that to me, and I like really believed it. And uh, Ed Galvez also has the weird myth embedded in him. And he said every time that he's ever done that, something bad has happened. And <laughs> Okay, Ed. Oh, But the one time we did that was because my sister wanted to go to a Three Days Grace show really bad because she was that kind of lady at the moment. And we listened to their album on their way to go see it, the one where they say the word pain a lot. Uh huh. God, I hate Three Days Grace. Yeah, they're garbage. <laughs> and this is less something bad happened and more self-fulfilling prophecy. Got into an argument with a gentleman when I tried to take his beer off the counter and drink it because I was underage and we got kicked out before they even took the stage. Nice. That's, that's the best. That sounds like good luck to me. Yeah, yeah, that's the best possible outcome there. So before we wrap this up, Uh, This is my favorite question to ask to anybody in any town they're in. Why should they support their local record stores and what kind of mindset should they have when they go in there? I mean, support your local record stores. Here's the thing. If you're in a position to support your local record stores, there it is. Support your local record stores. But don't like don't go broke over it. Yeah. And don't because then it's just a bunch of records in your house. Right. But if you can, like I prefer, I, I made the trip to go buy the Portugal the Man album. I could have got it on Amazon or whatever. But you the know, experience it's, is nice. Yeah, it's an experience. You know, you might see something else you like, especially if you go. You know, if you're into buying music, if you go to a local place, they usually have a used section, so you can find a bunch of other shit and get good deals on it. Mm-hmm. But you know, the thing is, it's not any less cost effective anymore mm-hmm. i think to to just go to your local record store like i got like if you buy a cd on amazon you might save a dollar or two if you have amazon prime it's a lot more heavily discounted at the record store though yeah this is a two dollar album i'm holding in my hands yeah the and even the the portugal the man album i bought after tax was Fifteen dollars. Yeah, and if I were to buy it on Amazon, it'd be like eleven ninety nine. And because I'm in California, I'd still pay tax. I'd have to wait however long. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you're probably gonna have to pay shipping, uh, unless you want to wait like seven or eight days for it to ri- arrive. And who's fucking with that? But you know, that's how record stores went out of business. Was places like Best Buy. When CDs were a thing, Best mm-hmm. Buy was able to sell CDs for like 9 and $10 when everyone else could sell them, like had to sell them for like 18 or 19 Just to make overhead. Right. And 
it's not really like that anymore. It might be for some really small record stores, but I don't think anyone who's buying physical music these days is a is buying enough that the two or three extra dollars you'll spend at a local independent store is going to put that much of a dent in mm-hmm. your wallet. Because if you're buying music at all these days, you're probably doing... You have the budget for it. You're doing better than a lot of people. So go go to a local place. Go to Amoeba. Fly to California and go to Amoeba Fly to Records. California, go to Amoeba, go down the street to the Pretty Good Denny's and then go bite your toenails off at the Arby's. Start a band. Start doing stand-up. You'll be fine. You'll have a job in a month. You'll have a job in the month. You can stop by the podcast. We'll chase UFOs together. You'll watch me get the hiccups. You know where you are? You're, You're in, in the, the jungle, jungle, baby. You're going to die. But not really. Don't die. Just, you know. Where can the people find you, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> they can find me on this podcast right now. I'm on uh, the internets, on Twitter, at Adam Todd Brown. And this is my network. This feels weird. People know where I, I am. I know. That's right? why I love asking. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, subscribe to our podcasts and follow the network on Twitter at Unpops. And send me mustard. Oh, yeah. Vanessa still wants mustard. I made ribs today and I put mustard on them bitches. And oh, man, they were a delight. I love you guys. Bye. Bye. Vanessa. Ha- uh, Vanessa's high. She's Ubering home. Call me. Yeah, 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 yeah.